run, but you can't hide, bitch! Oh, welcome in everyone to You Can't Hide, the number one horror movie recap podcast this side of I'm good. I am your host, Evil Al, joined by my lovely co-host, Camp Counselor Ben, Final Girl Brie, and Calamity Cat. How are yous doing today? Doing wonderful, just beer bonging every day, you know? It's beautiful. Another another Sunday. <laughs> Sunday fun day. That's right. Just looking at the Japanese hillsides here. Oh yeah, we are in um Kyoto, Japan. Uh, this week we are covering the movie House, the 1977, I believe, uh, horror Japanese horror film. Uh, it's like a very surreal, experimental horror film. But <clears throat> before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into our newest segment this week in horror. Um, I have a few things. They're not really huge, but um, it's the 10-year anniversary of Year Next, one of my uh, favorite horror films that I saw at South by Southwest. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. That's pretty crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Um, I've never yeah. seen that movie. You've never seen it? Really? It's a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it is fun. I'm going to Google what it is. Yeah, they had that like awesome mural on the side of the Alamo Draft House on South Lamar for a long time, which was really cool. That happened during... Was it during South by or Fantastic Fest? I can't remember. I think it was South by... Mm-hmm. But I remember when we were leaving, um, I said, that's the first movie I saw I saw where somebody got blended to death. And one of the Alamo staff was like, hopefully, said, hopefully it won't be the last. <laughs> oh my God. That's a good takeaway. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. it it's a... Uh, I don't, I don't, just look it up. I'm not even going to give anything away. Just look it up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, another thing that me and Ben are excited about, I'm assuming Ben's excited about, is uh, one of the games we played, Dead by Daylight, announced that they're having a Resident Evil crossover coming this summer. So they're going to be adding a killer and a survivor that are from Resident Evil Universe. Um, I'm hoping it's Leon because that's my boy, but who knows? Might not nah, be. I want Jill Valentine. I want to go like tank top, skirt, boot combo. The beret, it's the beret for me. Yeah, I don't know. I like when girls actually are like are like in kick ass like outfits, but they're like semi functional, but also still slutty. Because <laughs> you can't you can't fight crime if you ain't looking cute yeah. or dead zombies. Either one. That's a prerequisite. <laughs> while you're fighting crime, yeah. <laughs> can't look cute. Now it is to commemorate the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. Uh, which is, I think, probably my favorite horror series of games, at least, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so that's something to look forward to. And of course, there's the new Resident Evil coming out this summer, I think, uh, Village. But yeah, that's all I had. I don't know if y'all had anything I wanted to add as well. Have anything this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> Slow weekend horror. <clears throat> Um, the horror film uh, by the film directing duo of Benson and Moorhead, um, their latest film, Synchronic, is on Netflix. So I recommend everybody check that out. Their other films include The Endless, Spring, and Resolution, which are all three good films. Yeah, I liked all three of those. I'm, I can't wait to see 
how do you say it? Syn- Synchronic. Synchronic. It stars Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan. So. Oh my God! From from two he from two hot uh, franchises right now we have uh, the Falcon and Barb and Star. Two two hot. Uh, oh, I was gonna say Christian things. Grey. <laughs> no, I said hot, not not. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> We're, we're gonna have to change. We're gonna have to change your name to BDSM Girl Bree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's calamity. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Unless it's leather, and then you can get it twisted. <laughs> so this week we are covering uh, house. A rim shot? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a rim shot. Yes. That is what it's called. I was waiting for I was like, what are you going to say here? Um, <clears throat> so do, is this direct, has this director done anything else? You know, I'm not sure. I know, like, this is what he's most famous for. Okay. I think it's it's pronounced Obayashi, the director. Um, but yeah, I think this is his most famous film. Yeah. He okay. just passed away last year. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's news and horror. (laughs) Not news. April twenty-three. A year and a week ago is this week in horror. Yes. Oh, it's a comedy. They listed as a comedy horror film. Okay. Um. He has a prolific IMDb. Um. I don't recognize any of the films, but. He's done a lot. <laughs> he was part of a um a studio that was like the biggest studio in Japan at the time, and and they kind of took a chance on him doing this this kind of crazy film. Um, I don't think they really knew what they were getting into, but uh, he wasn't even supposed to direct it originally. He just like he wrote it or like not wrote it, but I guess he like did the outline for it, and he pitched it, and they said, "Yeah, we're gonna do it, but we're not. You can't direct it because they kind of had that rule about." You know, if you if you're the person who pitches it or whatever, you're not gonna be the director on it. But he was so excited that they said yes that he went out and he marketed this thing himself before the movie was even made. And because he did such a good job, they said, "Okay, you can direct this movie." (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So just I guess I don't even know if I introduced film, but it's House from 1997. It's a Japanese comedy horror film. Uh, directed by Nobuhiku Obayashi, and like you were saying, yeah, he um, he basically pitched it to Toho, that the huge film behemoth in in Japan, and they they wanted him to make a film like Jaws, and he said he apparently this was like influenced from ideas from his daughter, and so he developed a script and it was greenlit, but it was put on hold because no one at Toho wanted to direct it, and like you were saying, he was basically like promoting it. And then eventually they allowed him to direct it himself because no one else wanted to. Um, but it was a it was a hit in Japan, but it was it had negative, it was a box office hit, but it had negative reviews until it was released in North America in 2009, 2010, um, which where it received much more favorable reviews. But that's pretty crazy that it was like over 30 years after <laughs> that it finally made its way over here. Yeah. But I think you can tell like why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what the I don't, yeah, trying to make an outline for this movie was probably the the worst <laughs> thing of my life that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and now y'all are about to hear why. So this movie starts off in Japan. We're at like a, we're at a school. Uh, of course, all the uh, main characters are in their little schoolgirl outfits. And one of the girls is named Gorgeous because uh, very creative names in this film. And she had planned to spend the summer with her dad until one day he shows up and he's married without notice to some um, beautiful woman. And she appears and she's in like a flowing white outfit. There's very dramatic music. There's like, it's very like dreamlike seeming. It's very like spectral. And yeah, she's lo- all windblown and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learned that it's been eight years since uh, Gorgeous's mother. I'm going to call her Gorge since Gorge's mom died. <laughs> and that's why she, and she, of course, she's upset that her dad would like elope and like betray her trust and replace her mom in her mind and so she goes to her room and talks to her mom's picture and she's like oh well you know dad disappointed us um but i wonder how aunt is doing <laughs> so she like writes a letter to her auntie and um she's like hey i know I, I know i've only met you one time but how are you doing <laughs> it's like really weird <laughs> the situation but the aunt basically replies and she's like Oh, I've been waiting to hear from you. You should come visit. And then and she invites her friends to go with her. Um, and her friends had been planning on doing something else, but the plans fell through because I don't even know why, but I think like one of the... Like the um, teacher, Mr. Toro, his, uh, his sister um, was having a baby and they couldn't go to her inn because they were closing it down because she was having the baby, I guess. So like they, they couldn't go to where they were supposed to go. Um, yeah, it's all very weird. Like I, it sounded like they're supposed to practice something, but I wasn't really sure what team they were on or what they did. I, I wasn't totally sure about what all the girls were supposed to be. It was like something about they were supposed to be training or training. Yeah, school yeah, they're training. Yeah. I don't really know what, what that means, but. Yeah, they called it a training camp, but yeah. training for what? It's unknown. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so they all agree to go because they have nothing else to do. And the next scene <laughs> is is where it really starts to just like, we're like, oh yeah, this movie, who knows what the hell's going on. We get like this weird English language jingle, like infomercial type song. And like, we get like this weird scene of this guy he's like walking around town and then he almost like trips on their on the cat and then he like falls down the stairs but it's like stop motion falling down the stairs and then wasn't well, that mr is another teacher right oh that's yeah. the teacher yes. okay yeah all the all the like silly like benny hill type <laughs> weird like stop motion kind of mm. comedy it's all him yeah oh what the fuck Why? he lives in his own little stop motion world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god all right, so also of importance is that the girls take their cat Blanche with them, named after the Golden Girl. <laughs> Definitely. Blanche was the slutty one, right? I've never seen Golden Girls. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm a Blanche. 1977 was pre-Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, foreshadow. <laughs> uh, okay, so all the girls are on the train to the aunt's house where she gives her aunt's backstory. Um, she tells all the girls that the aunt was going to marry this hot guy, but he got drafted into the war. Um, when he left, he promised he'd be back. Um, but unfortunately, he did not return because he that, that man dead uh, in the war. And ever since their grandma died, the aunt has been living alone, giving piano lessons to the neighbors. 
Um, and then on the way to Anne's house, they buy a watermelon to, to take to her. I guess that's something that people do. Um, and the, the watermelon man is like, are you the lady's niece? As they're leaving and he talks when he when they leave, he's talking to one of the watermelons and he's like, we haven't had visitors in a long time. I'm sure the lady will be very pleased. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's happening, but this is not a good sign. foreshadowing something. Yeah. Also, did anyone else notice the watermelon in the back laughing as they walked off? And he laughed. Was that just me? No, yeah. that happened. It explains it at the end. Okay. I may not have watched the full end. Yep. They arrive at Ant's house and, and Blanche the cat automatically just appears in Aunt's lap, which is a little sketchy, but uh, they take a picture. They try. Okay. So when they arrive, they're like, oh yeah, let's take a picture to commemorate the event. And they try to, but as they try to take the picture, the cat's eyes glow green and the camera falls out of the girl's hand who's trying to take the picture. And maybe that's a sign of things to come. <laughs> Weird shit's going to be happening when, this, when, when the eyes be glowing. They walk into the house and immediately the chandelier starts shaking and like the little uh, like crystal shards start dropping off and like attacking them. <laughs> like one of them like falls off and like impales a lizard and then another one falls off and then one of the girls named Kung Fu uh, karate kicks it into the wall <laughs> and no one really reacts to this. They're like, oh, you're so good. <laughs> and then they kind of move on with their lives. I don't really know. Um... I guess they're used to her like doing stuff like that. <laughs> they used her doing Kung, Kung Fu. For me, it's not even her doing the Kung Fu. It's the why is the chandelier attacking us the second we walk into well, this and, place. And before that, the aunt, she like says chandelier light for me or something like she's like <laughs> like she's almost commanding it to like light up sounds like a sailor moon act <laughs> yep and in the house that we see a picture of a cat it looks exactly like blanche and they kind of mention like oh yeah it's like a splitting image of the cat it's like the cat came out of it uh, which is obviously another red flag but <laughs> in the meantime they had dropped off the watermelon in the well to keep it cool which honestly pretty smart when i thought of that but they send Mac, who who I guess is named after Mac and Cheese. I don't really know what her name is. Like <laughs> all the girls, yeah, like literally all the girls are named like gorgeous, fantasy, uh, prof, 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 professor, professor melody, fantasy. And then she her name is just Mac because she's like fat or whatever, like likes to eat. It's like what the hell? big Mac, leave her alone. <laughs> and so they send her to go get the waterman on the well. Uh, but guess what? She never returns. And that's when they, one of the girls eventually is like, oh, I guess I'll go check and get that watermelon out of the well. And she goes there and she draws the bucket from the well. And what is it? Oh, it's just a Max severed head, which mm. just, you know, kind of floats around up in the air and bites her in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> As it's severed heads. It's important that we know that this is fantasy because she gets her nickname because she likes to make up stories or have like... Yeah these big fantasies like the one she has about Mr. Toro. What does she keep saying? She says like maybe it was a vision or maybe it was a um, she says something over and over again. It's like maybe it was a, a hallucination. An illusion, I think. Illusion, yeah. Illusion. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is where the movie gets real fat phobic. Um, yeah, her name is Mac and then they're like, oh, there's a potato field down the road. Maybe she went there because she loves baked potatoes. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, a lot of weird shit happens. One of the girls is chopping wood. Uh, when <laughs> the wood like comes back to life and like starts attacking her. 
I think is it Kung Fu again? Yeah, Kung Fu. I think so. Yeah. And then she loves she lives she lives for this. So she's like, all right, I'll just karate chop the wood. Who cares? Whatever. Um, that's when Auntie goes into the fridge, and then she disappears through the fridge, and then appears on the ceiling, and she's dancing, and there's skeletons, and like she's messing with fantasy, <laughs> even at dinner, uh-huh. like she had an eyeball in her mouth the yeah. whole time like she's messing with just her and only fantasy seeing this stuff that's happening mm-hmm. also too isn't this like right isn't it around the time where she like fully can like walk again because she's like she's in the wheelchair and then like fully like there she's like oh you can walk she's like y'all gave me energy yeah and that's how we know that's how we know it's because she ate that bitch nourishment yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> she's jennifer bodings in it <laughs> excuse me Jennifer Bott is in it. I don't know. She's a Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> she actually is, though. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, we literally see at this part uh, the, the ant eating Max's hand. So we know that, uh, yeah, they're in danger. But, you know, Gor- Gorgeous has more important things to do, like putting on lipstick in her aunt's mirror. <laughs> so she's doing that. She's getting glammed up when all of a sudden the mirror starts cracking. And the mirror like starts to bleed, and then she starts to bleed, and then fire, uh, and then she starts cracking, and then she's in fire, and I I don't know. Apparently, this is supposed to be symbolic of her being like possessed, but I don't know what the fuck is happening at this point. Uh, Yeah, and it does in the mirror right before that crack. It's like flashing to her aunt's face, her Mm -hmm. face. Yeah, so it's it is yeah supposed to show possession or something. Yeah. Mm Yeah, but she's not the only one being attacked. Also, one of the girls, I think, is it is it, fa- is it Fantasy this time who gets attacked by the mattresses? Yeah, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. The one that likes oh. to clean. <laughs> who the fuck is clean? Who is? <laughs> yeah, she just gets attacked by mattresses. AKA, it's like a spiritual pillow fight. <laughs> she, there's, just like, there's just like feathers all over the place, and she eventually just disappears because fuck it <laughs> at this point. Um, and yeah, so you know, eventually oh, they're like, like Blanche does come in there. Blanche is in there, and at the beginning of the film, they talk about uh, what do they say? Like a a cat can open a door, but one that can close it is a witch's cat. Yeah, yeah. something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just a really polite cat, you know? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sounds right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Anyways, gorgeous. So eventually they're like, okay, people be disappearing. Uh, we might have seen one of them be eaten. <laughs> like, uh, So gorgeous decides, decides to leave and go to the police station um, because, you know, they, they're concerned. Their friends are missing. So she leaves through the front door um, and they're all like, wait, no, don't leave us here because, <laughs> you know, shit's going down. And she closes the door. They try to open it, but of course it won't open. They're all trapped in there they realize oh yeah they realize oh we're locked in here they go to the kitchen and that's where they find max hand and they they're able to um they find it in a jar they're able to identify because her ribbon is in there too and (laughs) that's when melody they're like melody play the piano we need to cheer up (laughs) i'm like i think i need more than that at this point i need to get up knives guns you in danger girl (laughs) yeah (laughs) i need something else so She's playing the piano for them and they hear Gorgeous singing upstairs. So they decide to go investigate. And that's when, you know, Melody's playing the little piano. And then all of a sudden it's going faster and faster and the keys are lighting up. It's definitely and fantasy's not... still down there with her at this point. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely not green screen. The, the piano keys are lighting up. It's definitely real. 
mm-hmm. that's when all of a sudden her little hands get chomped and her fingers get eaten up by the piano. She's happy about it. She's like, ah. <laughs> she's like bouncing around inside with the strings. Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah, it eats her hand first and she's like, ah. She like pulls her hand up and she's like, ah. And then she slowly gets chomped up and she's like in all kinds of parts and pieces. And for some reason in this movie, people, like all the girls eventually end up just like naked and decapitated. And it's like, I don't know why we have to be, oh, they all have to be naked at some point, but. And then it shows just her little fingies by themselves (laughs) playing the song, Mm -hmm. pressing the keys. (laughs) Yep. Well, yeah. And then they get chomped up. So the girls want to go investigate upstairs and that's when they find the aunt's journal entitled Lonely Days. Which honestly, whatever we get it, we, not everybody can be emo. Honestly, calm down. Uh, Did she write this during COVID? <laughs> COVID journal. Everybody's COVID journal. <laughs> um, and the girls, you know, after seeing another one of their friends die, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna. We've had enough of this shit. We're gonna go upstairs and bar- barricade ourselves in." And you know what? We're nosy. Let's read Anne's journal too. <laughs> so they're upstairs reading the journal, and. The aunt is basically saying there's no young girls in the village anymore. She's all alone. She's going to keep waiting for her man because she doesn't want to believe he died in the war. Yeah, and he promised he'd return. Um, and that's when Gorgeous appears. Their friend Gorgeous appears and tells them that her aunt died many years ago. It's But it's not she doesn't just appear. It's like she's like a huge head. It's like her huge head appears. And she's like, I'm in my aunt's realm. My aunt died many years ago. And she tells them like, oh, she wanted to be married so badly that her body remained alive. And she eats all the unmarried girls who come here. And that's why she can only wear a bridal gown. And I'm like, this is a lot for someone who could just meet <laughs> someone else. Like, just go outside and meet someone else, man. And that's when Gorgeous decides, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to eat y'all now. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> this movie's exhausting. And that's when the girl named Kung Fu, I, I really hate that her name is Kung Fu, but uh, basically she... She goes ham. She's just, she's kind of just like destroying the house. <laughs> like she's just like <laughs> she's trying to get out. Yeah, yeah. She's like, just like not working. And she's then just finally, like she's she just like mm-hmm. she's like kicking down walls and um, she's kung fuing the walls. And she's like fighting uh, gorgeous or her aunt. I don't even know who's who at this point. Is it is it still gorgeous or is it her aunt at this point that she's fighting? I guess it's gorgeous now. Like. <laughs> they got a different form. Yeah, they're fighting, um, but eventually, you know, the house has to win because it's called house, and that's when the light, uh, Kung Fu jumps in the air, and the light fixture above her head uh, just kind of like swallows her up, but fortunately, her legs escape. <laughs> right when Prof is saying that they should kill the cat or get the cat, the picture. And the legs do what? They kick the picture of the cat in the wall, which makes it spew blood, it's just puking blood all over the place and it like it's not a joke like the tiles on the floor separate and all of a sudden it becomes like a like a river of blood in the house and it's just all blood <sighs> <laughs> and then the professors a prof is on one of the little tiles well b- before that though so their teacher is it their teacher yeah mr togo yeah they've been Tora. so I guess to draw a parallel. Is it Togo or Toro? We should get that right. <laughs> it is that was Togo. The teacher, the teacher, known as the teacher in the movie. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like there. It's like a weird parallel. They're trying to make a parallel between like the teachers coming to rescue them and like the aunt was waiting for the her her man to come back. So we see like the 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 teacher, the stop step animation teacher. <laughs> 
throughout the movie and at this point um, he's driving towards them and he reaches the watermelon man who tells him they all got eaten um, and for some reason the watermelon man dissolves into a skeleton well he's saying like he's saying like what's your what's your fruit or what's the, your favorite fruit do you want a water and he's like no bananas bananas <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah so that's foreshadowing but you realize that the watermelon man is a spirit himself he's not he's not uh, real and that no one can find the house. Like that was the whole thing is like, he can't mm. find the house because it's not there unless- You're an unmarried people. woman. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, so whatever, they decide to read the diary, <laughs> the diary more. Um, that's when Prof's glasses fall into the river of the blood and that's surrounded them. She reaches in for, you know, she can't, she's Velma at this point. She can't see shit. She's reaching into the <laughs> river of blood trying to find them because you know things don't float away in her mind and that's when she's she reaches into a jar which like drags her into the water it has like, it, like teeth. bites her yeah it has like teeth it like bites her underwater and just to add to the unnecessary nudity she falls into the <laughs> river of blood and suddenly she's magically she's nude <laughs> just fully nude for some reason it's definitely how it happens. Um, it's like a it's, five I minute mean, it's a cool shot that's what he wanted was an underwater <laughs> nude shot you can tell like that's it's like a wanted. A lot of horror people do that in movies. And I think mm -hmm. he was trying to copy that sort of style that he wanted to see a beautiful woman go up through water, which is very, you know, kind of uh, a, a very uh, used sort of device in a lot of a lot of films, especially in the 70s. She's in the water and she's just naked. It's like, a, I feel like it's like several minutes long of just her naked body floating around. And then all of a sudden it dissolves because why not? This is house. Why wouldn't her body dissolve? <laughs> Uh, at this point, we're down <laughs> to the final girl uh, who's trapped Titanic style on one of the tiles from the floor, <laughs> surrounded by the river of blood. Um, this is when she sees Gorgeous on the stairs and uh, she just like, you know, she paddles her way on over to, <laughs> to, to her and then she's like embracing her. And I don't know why Fantasy thought that Gorgeous was going to help her at this point. Because... We clearly know at this point, Gorgeous is not the solution. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, they're besties. They kind of show their bond at the beginning. Yeah. So I think that's why she's drawn to her. She's their best friend. Mm -hmm. She gorgeous magically becomes topless as she comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As she gets closer to gorgeous, she's just be popping out. They just be light. Her, her, her kimono Definitely. just slides over. Like she's that's how I want all my story. friends to approach me. <laughs> or for me to approach them just topless. <laughs> Anyway, so she, she approaches Gorge on the stairs, and um, when she gets near her, we see the reflection in the blood. We see that Gorgeous is still her auntie. She's still possessed. Um, and that's when her eyes glow, and she embraces fantasy. And then that's the end of, of the current timeline. Um, but it's the next morning. Um, the Okay, Ryoko is arriving, who is the wife of... I don't think she's the wife. I the think she's a girlfriend, isn't she? Okay. The new fiance. Uh, so basically, Gorgeous's stepmom to be um, arrives and she's having just a great time. It's like a fun montage. She's just going through town. She's looking beautiful. <laughs> she's just having a great time. She's driving around looking mm -hmm. like. Like uh, like a Jackie O type moment, great time. Yeah, like she can, have, she can have a better moment uh, until she arrives at the house. <laughs> she sees before she, she arrives at the house. She arrives at the fruit stand, mm -hmm. which is now bananas. And <laughs> so you can tell that Mr. Togo took 
the watermelon man's place. So oh, I think that's, that's how it works. Okay. But then she is revealed, like, she doesn't see, he doesn't come out, I guess, because maybe she would know him or something. I don't know why they made that decision. But she does see the house on the hill. So she does see the mansion up there. Okay. Am I going, was I drunk or at some point there was like a bear, a grizzly bear that like interacted with people at like one of the stands. They were like, yeah, yeah. grizzly bear. Like, what was that? So when... When Mr. Togo is in the city and he's eating ramen at the noodle stand, uh-huh. yeah, there's like somebody in a bear costume. <laughs> like, there you. Which is awesome. All right. <laughs> I love it. All right. So Ryoko eventually makes her way to the house. Uh, she sees Gorgeous dressed up in a in a gorgeous kimono. Um, and they're, they're, she invites her inside, obviously, because, you know, hospitality is big in Japan. And so she tells her, you know, oh, yeah, um, She's like, oh, where's your friends? And she tells her, oh, they're sleeping, but they'll be up soon. And they'll be hungry. <laughs> she's like, they wake up when they're hungry. And, you know, she's very, she's very friendly, very cordial. She shakes Ryoka's hand, you know, because that's, you know, that's what a good, that's what friendly people do. But um, Ryoka burns up <laughs> and dies. Like immediately. <laughs> he just instantly burns up. And that's the end of the movie. And I don't know what the hell happened in this movie, honestly. I couldn't tell you. But <laughs> thankfully, there's an epilogue. So in the epilogue, Gorgeous has a monologue. And she says, even, a- even after flesh perishes, one can live on in the hearts of others uh, through the feelings that one has for them. Therefore, the story of love must be told many times so that the spirit of lovers may live forever. Um, the only one that never perishes is love something like that um so i'm like i'm like so what this is like a love story <laughs> i'm like how is this a love story though i feel like there's no it's love many involved. things there's like a like lot many on. many things i feel like it's an anti-love story it's like <laughs> it's like no i mean it's a love story i mean she waited for you know her man until she became like a gross ghost dead person <laughs> and then she ate people it reminded me of of like Mrs. Havisham like it's like kind of that whole story and great expectations where she's just waiting forever in her wedding dress and her banquet her wedding banquet table forever and it's just all crumbling around her that's kind of what I picture happened to her in the house yeah like that's it, sad like I know what they were going for but I feel like if love is so strong why would it make you just like kill young women <laughs> like that's what you got out of love is like disappointment and now you want to eat well, young, that, part, women. that part reminded me of countess battery like that whole story of like her bathing in virgin's blood oh, love <laughs> love that's one of my favorite stories yeah like she like i feel like that's what she needs to be young again so she can be young for her lover and like that was the whole point of that was that she's willing to <laughs> do that at any means mm-hmm. possible i don't think they were saying like she wasn't evil or anything but man who is what, it? Love, Countess... what love will drive you to do uh three or Count- ball three Count- oh well you know my response to that is i would something countess luann said which is like don't be a, just be cool don't be all like uncool oh she was God. pretty uncool um so you know what i have opinions let's go ahead and get straight Life into is a cabaret. <laughs> let's get straight into act act or whack whack um, it is a, a life is a cabaret. Uh, let's get uh, the scale this week is going to be one out of 10. Um, Blanches. Blanche cats. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Um, Space Cadet, or uh, Camp Counselor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, is it one out of 10, right? One out of 10 cats, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with at least a 7.5. You always, you always qualify your, your score. Like it's maybe minimum this much. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with at least a 7.5. <laughs> um, it is it is a very weird ass movie, but definitely if you do like the right amount of like drugs, it's going to make sense. <laughs> like... It is it is a fun trip though. Like it is like it is fun to see like all these like kind of references and stuff like in the movie. And like I my favorite was like going over the bridge scene, like in the beginning. And I was like, it reminds me of like the evil dead and everything like that. Like nothing good comes over going over like a bridge and like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> nothing ever good will come out of that. But um yeah, the imagery is really pretty too. Like I like when they first go up to the house and like it's just like them in front of like this kind of like decrepit gray place, but like mm-hmm. It's just like this mansion, but yeah, I give it a seven point five because uh, again, like I like the it's just very like it's really nicely done and like I just like the the weirdness of it. It's the best part. Yeah, and I agree with Mac. I do like a good baked potato. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go. To, I feel like I always go last. I don't want to always be last. I want someone else to have the final. You want to be from first um, to last. <clears throat> Well, you were first, but um, yeah, no, I saw this movie back in my um, my prime hipster trash days. I, I think I sought this film out and no, I mean, I definitely like it. I, do I know what the fuck is happening most of the time? No, of course not. But no. um, at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a good time. It's um, if you're if you're a fan of like uh, a necessary school girl nudity, this is a film for you for sure. Um, yeah. yes. <laughs> but no, I think it's fun. I give it I think I'll agree with your rating of seven and a half. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, seven out of seven and a half out of ten Blanche cats. Um, speaking of cats, Calamity Cat, what is your uh, <laughs> thoughts on this film? I, you know, I love it because it's experimental in all the most awesome ways. Like <laughs> just the fact that he took all these ideas from his his child saying these weird things and he put them in a movie and uh, made it all not necessarily cohesive but, but made it interesting he made not, a movie it's definitely not i definitely would not call this coherent that would not be my my um, adjective no, no. He, he made a movie that's what he did he made a movie <laughs> and um i i just appreciate like he used so many different techniques and tools and he used animation he changed like part musical it's part like um, like when they're on the street and the old man and and then this random American dude or whoever he is comes by. It was just like really random and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that about this movie. And uh, it also has some really creepy things <laughs> that happen. And the way that they did the effects and the practical effects, the set is really awesome in the whole movie. I think there were some really cool things they did, even at the beginning when when uh, she's talking to her dad and they're filming through those glass panes, like it's just going back yeah. and forth and the way it looks. Um, it's almost like that's like, he did it almost in a television style, but also in a film style. Like he used so many different things that I thought that was really, it was really cool that he brought them all together. And, you know, I really, I really liked all the the characters, you know, the girls are great, you know? So for me, uh, because it's so experimental and so different, and uh, it's kind of a lost treasure that I'm glad that was found again, <laughs> um, I would give it an eight. Eight Blanches. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. 
<clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. I yeah, definitely. And final girl Bree, you have the final word. All right. Um, I think this movie is a lot of fun. It's wacky. I love the color palette. Um, I like the kind of dreamy quality and the fairy tale esque um, feeling of it. And, it, and you know, it has this lightness and dark qualities. And I also like the female friendship and the music is excellent. Um, overall, it's a really fun film and I will give it a eight Blanche Cats out of 10 also. Nice. So yeah, we have basically a 7.75 Blanches out of 10, which is a, I think that's definitely an ack-ack, I think. Yeah, I think everybody should check it out at least once, you know, like you're going to have a reaction to it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you don't understand it, try to watch it again and still not understand it. You're still not understand <laughs> it. Maybe if you like take a little bit of mushrooms and then you, you know, just a little and then you oh, watch it. Oh. It'll probably make full sense then. Maybe it does. <laughs> Sounds dangerous to me. <laughs> just microdose while you watch it. Wow. <laughs> One yeah. thing I liked was Gorgeous's dad is a film composer. Mm-hmm. And so he mentions at the beginning getting home from Italy, working with um, Morricone. And, and Sergio. Yes, yeah, Sergio <laughs> um, Leone, um, who does the spaghetti western, who did the spaghetti westerns. Like, um, Good, the band, the ugly. Yeah. And, Fistful um, of dollars, etc. Yep, yeah, for a dollar more, all that. But um, Morricone just won his first Oscar last year for oh, okay. um what hollywood what's the name of the movie the bread once, upon, the, a time in once upon a time in hollywood yeah um and you could do uh for quentin tarantino's movie and uh, i think that quentin has has used him before and um has uh really championed him even though you know he's well known he's very old so i just thought that was kind of cool that they mentioned him yep yeah, those films were, you know, prolific at the time because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were foreign films, technically, Italian films. And for them to be so successful with American actors and everything, it was a big yeah. deal in the foreign film industry. So uh, they definitely, to mention those, uh, it's, you know, it, it's kind of a pinnacle standard. He would, you know, he was trying to get that in that, you know, he hoped in this film would Maybe, maybe do the same and like resonate with audiences and no it's just ahead of its time yeah yeah that's what we'll call it ahead of its time ahead of its time <laughs> definitely it was ahead of its time oh yeah yeah because quentin used him on the hateful eight and that, that makes sense yeah. yeah i mean yeah i mean it's it's honestly a travesty that he never won more than once for all the shit right? he, like he he did so many things yeah like how many? Like what's the guy who did uh, Inception and all those movies? He's won like a million of them, right? On Zimmer. Yeah, he's won like a million of them, and he like he's nothing yeah. compared to Inio, um, who I think is who I think passed away last year too. Actually, did he not? Am I making that up? I will look it up. I'm pretty sure that yeah. man did. I mean, he wrote, he wrote some very prolific. I mean, he he was like ninety something last year, so. Yeah, anyway, it's 200 did. and she's still going. Yeah, he passed away in July of last year, but okay. Um, yeah, no, he, I mean, he was in so he did so many movies that are amazing. Anyway, so what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> male or female, the house. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, we haven't done that one in forever. Okay. No, we probably should for this one. Yeah, let's go into our next segment, male or female. Okay, um, Camp Counselor Benny, since you are the catalyst of this one, why don't you go first? What do you think? Male or female? The house. Um I mean, okay, so the house bleeds a lot. Um, rivers of blood from what I saw. Um you go in and out very quickly. It's not the hat house, it's the cat. Oh, the cat goes in and out? Bleeds. Well, bleeds. But it floods. It floods the house, though. So the house is flooded. The basement is flooded. Um, and it also it's very mysterious. And, you know, it's very dark and, like, kind of grimy. Um, I'm going to say female. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it. Controversial. Female. Uh, all right. Uh, Calamity Cat, what are your thoughts? Um, well... <laughs> there's it's definitely female energy in that house i mean you can't consume that many virgins and not not be female right it's, it's history it's canon specifically female virgins there's too many there's too many women in those walls like it literally is a female yeah like i think i mean i think that's what they're trying to say right like the ant really is the house so um yeah, I don't know how you could separate the two. And yes, there are qualities to the house that, <laughs> that definitely are uh, female. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we'll get final girl, breathe the final word again. Um, let's see. If I had to qualify this as male or female for some reason, even though there's no reason to, I think I would probably analyze a lot of different points. Okay. I would analyze, okay. There's women in it. All right. Oh my God. There's a cat. All right. There's blood spewing all over there are decapitations there are arms limbs skeletons in the closet in the kitchen <laughs> pianos there are perhaps birth perhaps death perhaps life perhaps afterlife i have to go with my instincts and say this is Female. I fucking hate you. You're so dramatic. <laughs> right, what I'm do you gonna, think? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep it simple. Um, the house is layered, complicated, and literally catty. It's a female. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wavy. We have an anonymous. Unanimous. Wow. Well, that's the end of this week's episode, y'all. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, this episode of You Can't Hide was sponsored by Dare. Please don't do drugs. Um, please feel free to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at You Can't Hide Pod. Send us an email with your movie suggestion. Let us know what you want us to do next because you know we're running out of ideas. Uh, at You Can't Hide Pod at gmail.com. Until next week, Six Flags Music. I have to go pee. I'm good at